0: Welcome to Probably Bothered, the podcast that cuts through online business myths so that you can redefine your version of success. Because I believe if you aren't a little bit bothered, you probably aren't paying attention. There is something about diverse experiences and it just leads to diverse opinions and really, really interesting conversations. And today I'm so excited to introduce our guest, Gail Wood. She is a multi-time entrepreneur. She started out in massage therapy and had a physical location and has certifications in life coaching as well as feng shui and also has courses and We had such a great conversation that brought together all of her experience and knowledge in a really fun way. And let me tell you, when I say we got honest, we got so honest on what the experience of entrepreneurship is really like. I am just going to jump into the show because you guys are probably super curious and you don't want to miss this. This conversation today is probably I'm just going to predict it. It's going to be one of my favorites. I am sitting here with Gail Wood. Although we share a last name, I don't, we didn't cover this. I'm assuming we don't share any relationship, (laughs) but, uh, she is a business and success coach. And I was immediately drawn to her messaging because she talks all about kind of the reality that, You find once you start your business and how it's a little bit different than the dream that we're sold and the way we talk about it. So, Gail, I want to start there. First of all, welcome to Probably Bothered. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And I want to start there with this idea of what we're sold versus what the actual experience is like. Uh, Because I was just having this conversation with a client where she's a CPA. And she was like, I spend 90% of my time on marketing. And I didn't expect that. So so let's just dive into this topic. And I'll just hand it off to you, because I'm sure you have a lot to add.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think and just speaking specifically about my online journey, which started in, in 2013. You know, I mean, it's just simply harder and takes longer than we, than we want it to, than we think it would based on, you know, the courses that were being sold and the information that's out there. And I mean, I have had huge wins, a lot of success, but you know, right alongside of that might be one month, a big win. It might be one month, a big flop. And so having that, you know, like consistent profits, things like that, it's not the flashy, you know, fun sitting on the beach, sipping a cold drink while the money pings into your ping pal, ping pal account, ping PayPal, PayPal
0: account. <laughs> PayPal account. <laughs> you
1: know, and I have had days like that. Like I've literally had days like that, but they are by far the exception. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of hard work. And I set that up before I went to the beach, you know, that it is mm-hmm. fun to check your phone and be like, hey, I money on the beach, mm-hmm. but it's not like. It's not automated (laughs) to the extent that I think we, you know, we get sold this, this dream and there's some reality to it, but there's also a lot of other stuff.
0: Yeah. So what do you wish people knew before starting a business in terms of the reality? Is there something specific that comes to mind?
1: Well, I think if, if people knew, you know, really how long it takes to start making money, Mm -hmm. And even, you know, to quit maybe your day job, things like that. I think people wouldn't give up so soon. I just think so many people get started. They think I've been doing this for six months or a year and it's just not working. And so I guess I'm not good at it. I guess I can't do it. And that's, I think, not true. You know, you may have to keep tweaking or trying some different things, but thinking really that you're going to make money within the first year even, I think is pretty unrealistic
0: at this point. So the episode of Probably Bothered that I released on Monday because I was out of town last week, so I went off my normal schedule, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it was all about misaligned expectations, specifically in programs or courses or offers. But I think the same thing is true here. We see all of these Loud voices shouting, Look at my instant success. Look at the money rolling in while I sit on the beach. Mm -hmm. And they're not talking about the one year, five years, 10 years it took to get to that point and all of those other kinds of days. And so I think this conversation is super important to really reset the expectations. I mean, that's what it comes down to because you're right. If you know going in, it's going to be tough, it's going to be harder than you even thought. Yeah. It's a lot easier to stick it out instead of thinking like, what's wrong with me? Why isn't this happening for me? Which I think is a lot of times kind of the, the opposite reaction to those messages that we're hearing.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think harder is kind of a word. Like it's just, I don't know that it's necessarily hard. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to learn really to make any money online. There's a lot to learn. And there are days when I feel like it's hard, but I also kind of like, I enjoy learning that stuff and doing it. Like I really enjoyed putting my first website together and getting my first blog posts up. And it was kind of an exciting adventure. But then after about six months, I was like, okay, well now how do I make money? (laughs) And so I started, you know, kind of, and then it was six more months before I sold my first ebook. Mm-hmm. Which actually worked out pretty well for me, though, because I had a full year of building an audience. Yeah. I had a product for sale. And I see a lot of people doing the opposite. They start with a product, and it's probably a great product, but they have no audience. And so then it's like I'm actually working with a coaching client right now, and she's got some wonderful courses and products she's put together, and I'm like, it might be a year before you have really the audience to buy these wonderful things that you've made. Yeah. I know she's a bit frustrated,
0: but it's, you know, the way it goes really. I wish more coaches were, I guess is confident the right word, confident in in sharing that exact thing that, mm-hmm. that this will take time. And it's not for lack of your, as a business owner's effort. It's not for lack of the ideas. It's not for lack of the, the offer or the offer being off necessarily. Um, but let's talk about building an audience because before you said that the thing that had popped into my mind was the thing that I wish people knew about business is that it is about building relationships with people. Yeah, And so I think this kind of goes two ways. I think that there's an offline relationship that you build with clients, with other business owners, with a network of referrals. Uh, There's probably more to that category. But then there's also the online audience that you build Mm -hmm. as well. And no matter what, it comes down to relationships with people. So that's what I would say if I started all over again. I would spend my time on building relationships and not trying to figure out this new trend or that new marketing thing or, or all of that stuff. If you just yeah. bring it down to relationships,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it totally changes the game. Yeah. And that's that's one thing I'm really working on
1: right now. I actually just had a- a meeting earlier today with someone that might become an affiliate for me Mm -hmm. and I'm doing less and less on social media. And I thought, you know, what if I had 10 to 15 affiliates that, you know, that were really a good match for my business. And it might be a much better use of my time to find those people, have a conversation with them, see if it's a good match and work closely with them rather than Oh, I need to, you know, post on social media a certain amount of times per week or per day. So yeah, there's all, and there's so many different ways to, to do that and to build those relationships. Absolutely. And it takes time. Absolutely.
0: So I also want to dive in because one of the other things that I know that you mentioned was, and not, not mentioned on the podcast, if you guys are hearing this, you didn't miss anything. Um, but the topic of endless distractions and shiny objects. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit because it's it, it's one of those kind of circular things. I think it feeds in really nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. And we kind of touched on it with the idea of like a bunch of new marketing strategies or try this and try that. And I think that there are, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Um, there are two truths to be had. The first is that you need to give things time. And the second is that it's okay to try new things. So how do you balance between kind of setting a strategy, giving it time, but also leaving room for the unknown, leaving room to to grow and change and try new things?
1: Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think the first thing to look at with marketing is what do you like to do enough that you will do it consistently?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I love to make videos. So that's something I know I can just, cause I don't worry about how I look or anything like that. So, <laughs> so That's I why I podcast a video or two each week. So one, one area that I'm leaning into is YouTube.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my main recommendation, and this goes whether I'm working with a massage therapist with a local business or somebody with an online business is, you know, get your foundation in place, which to me would be your website, some kind of networking plan to meet people, make those connections. Like you were just saying, um, you know, your social media presence, whether you're on there a lot or a little, you know, if you're going to bother being on LinkedIn or something, fill your profile out completely, have it, you know, optimized. And then oh, what's my fourth one? It's pretty important. Well, for a local business, I would say print. Mm-hmm. And then for an online business, it might be, you know, affiliates or finding some websites where you can advertise, advertise, you know, And do like even just banner ads, stuff like that. So there's like these four things that I feel like once you get those into place, anything else you do is going to work better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if my website isn't very good and I'm making a YouTube video every week, where am I sending people? You know? So I feel like there's like that foundational stuff. And then like, okay, now what am I gonna do? on a regular basis to get myself out there in front of new potential clients and market my business. And that's where the sky is the limit and we can get really, really overwhelmed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I just look at, you know, what would, what do you think you'll actually do consistently? And then I always say, you've got to give it three or four months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing right. works. Nothing works overnight. And, you know, it's like planting all these little seeds, and you don't know which ones, you know, when somebody might run across that video you made six months ago and go to your website and book a strategy call or something. So it's like, that's kind of part of the, I guess, the slog of online business. Where you keep going and going and going, not knowing if it's going to work, not knowing what's going to work, but over time you can see what's working. Mm-hmm. Do more of that. Do less of what's not working. And the other thing I would say is don't be afraid of paying to advertise your business. You know, marketing, you can, it's a great way to get more eyes on your stuff quickly. Yeah. But I would just do it very, you know, conservatively and then scale up because Facebook ads, you know, things like that. I mean, they will take all your money. They don't
2: care if
0: they're <laughs> <not>.
1: They will.
0: <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Um, so in terms of, so we have kind of set your foundation, have the basics, and then Mm -hmm. you can kind of build off of those basics. So I'm curious because you have a pretty varied history. I mean, we all do as humans, but, um, you, if you want to, you know, jump in with a little bit of your background from massage to feng shui to business and success coach, um, how have you. Use this idea of kind of staying on track, avoiding the shiny objects while still allowing yourself to have those human elements and explore those really what seems to the outsiders as big ships. I'm sure that there's a thread that yeah. links them all together for you, but, but yeah.
1: Well, I'm definitely, I can't say that I avoid shiny objects <laughs> <laughs> completely, but I am pretty good at going, okay, wait, you know, like what are we doing here? Go back to basics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, well, when I t- was in, in massage therapy and I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's why I went into massage. Mm-hmm. So a few years into doing massage, I had the opportunity to purchase and take over a storefront business in a shopping center. I, so I borrowed money. I bought the business and I realized I didn't know anything about marketing or running a business. <laughs> very, very different. I kind of had to, you know, I kind of had to give myself a crash course and start trying different types of marketing. And it was, you know, I feel like I'm not very risk averse. So I was willing to kind of invest in the marketing and see what happened mm-hmm. but at that time. I really only had enough money to do one or two things at a time. So that's where I think I kind of came up with that. Do, you know, do the thing long enough to see if it works. Um, and then try the next thing and kind of add in stages and layers. But what I learned to wait and see if it worked is, you know, I had a lot of surprises I'd put some, an ad, you know, maybe in, I don't know, country club golf magazine or something. And I would think, well, that didn't work. And, but then I'd get that one client that came in for three years every week. And I'm like, well, it definitely did work. I just had to wait <laughs> for that one person. So I think we can often, like, like you just said, expectations,
2: mm-hmm
1: You know, if we think if I pay for this ad and I'm going to get, I'm going to get 10 clients from it, and that's the only measurement of whether or not it works, then we'll probably be disappointed. But if our measurement is like, let's see what happens. And, you know, one long-term client is just as good as 10 one-time clients or better.
0: This is one of the things that I've seen, particularly in my more analytical clients is Mm -hmm. that... We want to see, and we're so programmed just generally, I feel like as a society to see that instant reaction to mm-hmm. an action, right? Whether it's, I posted a, a TikTok or an Instagram and I got a client. Yeah. But this idea and reset, resetting of expectations that good things take time. Like there's a reason that that's a saying, right? Uh, so just making making it more of like the the prevalent voice that is being heard because yeah. it is a really good reminder like you don't know and i've seen this in my in the web design side of my business where i felt like i was screaming into the instagram abyss for a year and a half oh, and yeah. was getting most of my clients through referral sources which is great but everybody said post on instagram so i kept doing it And then eventually, you know, I think I had a message one day, like I've been watching you for a year, but I just wasn't Mm -hmm. ready to launch my business. And now that I am, I want you to do my website. Yeah. And so you don't know what, even if you don't have that immediate instant reaction to the things that you're doing and trying and testing, you never know what will happen as a result of them. So Mm -hmm. it's hard for, especially the more analytically minded of us, because we want to see, those return on investments, whether it's investment of time or money and it isn't always instant. Yeah. And I, I see this too with, with funnels,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, and I think a lot of people don't love the term funnel, but I'm like, it's just an email series, you know, yeah. an email series to sell something. But with, with my clients that are, you know, are starting new businesses, they put so much work into that funnel. hmm you know, you create that free gift, you write all these emails, you finally have it finished. It might have taken a couple of months to finally get it all pulled together. And then it's like crickets. Because <laughs> now I'm like, okay, now it's how are we going to get people to your funnel? Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother project that starts once that funnel's done. And they're like, but I thought the funnel was the pigeon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's always fun when you have that realization, yes.
1: <laughs> and then you don't even know if it's worked until you get two hundred people or mm-hmm. so to put in their name and email address and see the results. And if it doesn't work, back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that's
0: reality. <laughs> yeah, we're full circle back to business reality versus expectations. <laughs> But at the same time, that I'm also like,
1: okay, I'm in control of my attitude here, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. And I really like to have that. Try to maintain that kind of playful experimentation attitude. I just feel like that energy does attract more good things to my business than yeah. this.
0: You know, like that fear-based oh crap, it's not working. <laughs> So let's dive into this topic because I have some opinions on it. Um, and I agree with you overall. I try not to, I'm not analytically minded personally. So I'm never looking at, you know, I'm never looking at data. I'm just going to be mm-hmm. honest. I'll own up to it. I don't look at data in my business because it's not the way my brain functions. Yeah. But having that attitude, like that playful attitude is important. The other thing that I have found that is very important, I don't think I've talked about this on my podcast yet, is I just started pottery as a hobby. So literally every Tuesday, I'm basically not working at all because I'm at my pottery studio, just like playing with dirt. (laughs) And what I have recognized is, especially now that I'm full-time in my business, having something that I can accomplish outside of the things I want to accomplish in my business takes that stress away. It takes that need of achievement away. And so that's one of my biggest coping mechanisms. Like on the weeks where everything's going great, great. But on the weeks where things aren't going exactly the way I thought they would, like I go to pottery. (laughs)
1: Right. And it's not the full measure of whether or not
0: you're like a worthy human. Right. And then in some ways it's like, no matter what I'm moving forward, it just depends on in what area of my life that week kind of thing. So that's one of my, um, biggest coping mechanisms and like realizations of moving full-time into my business. Are there any other things that you personally do? Because it can be a lot when your business is your whole life to, to deal with those times where it's not going the way that you thought, so I'd love to hear what you do. I mean, I, I think another piece of
1: that to just to kind of go off what you were saying too is, you know, I'm not saying that it's like you shouldn't be disappointed when something doesn't
0: work. Of course,
1: <laughs> you know, definitely like have a good cry about it. Yeah, stop your feet. You know,
0: don't throw your computer across the room. <laughs> No, that's an expensive entrepreneurial mistake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like you said, like taking a break is amazing for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and often you'll get your idea of what went wrong or what you could do next or instead Mm -hmm. during that break. So I think that, that they're definitely vital, um, Okay. Can you bring me back to the question?
0: (laughs) Sure. Uh, so basically whenever things aren't maybe going the way that you expected them to go or taking longer than you thought, you're not seeing that immediate payoff. Do you have any strategies that you employ in your business or in your life to, to kind of keep that level head, to take a step back, maintain your positive energy?
1: Yeah. So definitely, you know, just, I give myself a reality check Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because, you know, often, That thing working or not working doesn't mean I had a successful month or quarter or year, Mm -hmm. you know? So I really try to remember that. Like, yeah, there are, there are just things that work and things that don't work. I launched something a few weeks ago, not one person signed up, not one. I've done that too. Raising my hand. It's so common. There was a little part of me that was like, well, I, you know, I either want, 10 or more people, or I really don't want anybody. I don't want to run this program for two people. (laughs) So I I understand that too. I was energetically aligned with the program to begin with. My coach said to me, she was like, wow, you're powerful. You didn't let anybody. But, um, but yeah, it's, but I need, I always try to remember that. Yeah. The next thing will probably work better. And just knowing that the things that don't work usually move you toward finding the right thing. Like, okay, well that one wasn't quite right. So what, so I like to kind of, um, reassess, you know, when something doesn't work, like take a look at it, you Mm -hmm. know, what, what maybe didn't resonate with the people on my email list you know, what was I maybe wishy-washy about or unclear about? Because usually you can find something to learn from that and, and keep improving. Yeah.
0: So. And I love that you just said that because I think that's another thing that we don't always volunteer. I have had more than one idea that I've launched to crickets. Mm-hmm. And it's a normal part of the entrepreneurial experience. Mm-hmm. And people don't really always own up to it because it's scary to look like, and I'm not saying, I don't believe that this is a failure, but it's scary to feel like you're putting yourself out there in a way that seems like a failure to others. So we don't, we don't mention it, but I feel like this is why I love this podcast because you can kind of peek behind the curtain. And how long have you been in business? Um, in some way, shape or form online since 2013. Okay. Yeah. Nine years. Yeah, nine years in, and last week there was something that didn't work the way you thought it would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that thought was amazing. I was like, "People are gonna love this." (laughs) It's always the worst when that happens, too. When you're so excited and think that it's like,
1: (laughs) "Oh, I built the sales page and I set up all this stuff," and Mm -hmm. then that took like about two full days Mm -hmm. to get everything ready to be like, here's the amazing thing. (laughs) And it was nothing. I I don't know. It could have been timing. It could have been just not something that worked right now. I have several theories about this particular launch, but you you just never honestly really know in the end. Yeah. And sometimes it just comes down to numbers. Not enough of the
0: right people saw it, right? And the other, the thing I love about this conversation too, is I think before I started going back to expectations versus reality, before I started my business, which I've been in business about three years, a little over three Mm -hmm. years now, uh, I assumed like maybe you come up with your first course, your first offer, like maybe that flops because you don't know Mm -hmm. what you're doing, but then each one like goes a little better. Yeah. And they always say success isn't linear. And I've always thought about it in terms of like revenue isn't linear, which makes sense to me. But I love that. that, I don't know. I'm just having this realization too, because I haven't, the majority of my business has been in web design and I've just recently pivoted into coaching and having new offers. So one of my flops was earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but in my head, I guess I just made that assumption that like each launch gets better and better and it doesn't. And that's okay.
1: (laughs) That'd be nice. Oh my gosh. I'd have so many millions.
0: (laughs) That would be so nice.
1: (laughs) And then, but then you can have, I have had these some crazy, amazing wins. Like I'm launched a marketing content club in late 2015 Mm -hmm. And it was just the right idea at the right time. I had seventy people sign up. Wow! But it was also an incredible price point. It was nine ninety five a month. Um, Jeez! I had seventy people sign up, and I hadn't created one piece of content yet. Because <laughs> I know myself, and that's how I leverage my energy. Is mm-hmm. I promise it to people, and I know it's going to get made. Yep. And but it was it was really fun, and it was really exciting because that was my first recurring monthly Mm -hmm. program and my first recurring income. And I built that up over time to where it was, it was around 5,000 a month for a, for a while. Wow. And then, I mean, five years though I created monthly content packages and I just got burnt out. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, But I actually sold all the content to, to people that want to run that type of business. Interesting. Yeah. So I feel I was like able to sell my my creation. And to me, that's one thing that's so mind-boggling and the, probably one of my favorite things about online business. I mean, digital products. I, mean, I sell nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is interesting it's, when you put it that way.
1: <laughs> it just blew me away. I was like, I can make a PDF and charge people money. Yeah. For a PDF I made on my computer, I was like, this is too good to be true <laughs> that's why I decided to try
0: it I was like other people are doing this maybe mm. I could do it too <laughs> yeah absolutely I feel like that speaks to the playful nature too that you had mentioned earlier like if everything is kind of a, a what if like what if this great thing could happen right. what if this great response you know is the result then it makes it so much easier to not be distracted, but to intentionally <laughs> yeah. try new things,
1: and you know, and I think that was part of the problem with that launch I just had. I think it, that was from the energy of like I've got to find a thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've got to find a new thing that's going to be my monthly recurring income.
2: Mm. Did I you just, I just had
1: too
0: much? Like, did you just recently sure. close the Content Club?
1: Well, I closed the Content Club. Um, it's been almost. A year. It's been a little over a year. Okay. Um, but I had a business mastermind I ran for about two years in there as well, and I had a monthly challenge club I was running, and um, I just—I'll I'll be honest with you—I got burned out, mm-hmm. and so I closed those to do this new thing, and the new thing <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Fuffed. laughs> I love, you guys can't see Gail right now, but she is seriously just cracking up this idea that, that all of her hard work flopped. And I just love that energy because when you're, when you're excited to learn and try, and obviously there's an element that like, there is a luxury to this. There's a luxury Mm -hmm. to be able to laugh at your failures and Mm -hmm. not have to have that income. And I totally recognize it, but, Mm -hmm. but the mindset of just having fun trying, I feel like we forget sometimes as entrepreneurs because everything seems so intense. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I do, I do have a little bit of a cushion because like I said, I sold that marketing content and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so that gives me a little bit of money coming in. And I'm also, one thing I'm really working on is leaning down my business, mm-hmm. you know, like just me. And then I have two very part-time VAs. Help me with stuff because I've I've gone big on like I'm gonna get all this help and we're gonna do all this social media and it just it wasn't for me.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about that before I ask my final question. I'm sneaking in one more um, because I know we have similar ideas on mm-hmm. this idea of defining your own success. And for me, a big part of that is non-monetary success. And what do I want my life to look like and feel like? And so you, Mm -hmm. I love that you've had this, this uh, experience of, I did the thing and it didn't feel right. It didn't look right for me. So I'd love to hear your take on what was wrong with it. And what did you learn you wanted instead?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think what I learned I wanted is to, to really be able to work part time, Mm -hmm. you know, at least until my son's done with high school. And, you know, the more, the bigger your business grows, it just naturally takes more time, especially if you're managing four or five people, they're asking you questions all day. Um, you know, I had more money going out for ads. So then it's like more pressure to, work harder and make more money to pay the people and pay for the ads. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm just bringing up the same amount every week, um, whether I have all this or not. So that was kind of, I kind of thought when I got to that point, when I scaled up to that point that I would be making so much more money that it would be worth it. Mm. But I don't know what amount would be worth it. Yeah. Not have my time to spend how I want. That's in a that, really
0: good question for everybody to ask themselves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I look at things I've been thinking about this a lot, especially now I've been homeschooling since the pandemic started. So two and a half years of homeschooling. Oh, wow. Now we have summer break and then he's going to high school. And I'm really like, okay, this part of me is like, yes, I can dig my teeth back into my business <laughs> and do the things. And then part of me is like, let's like really like in, first of all, enjoy the summer Mm-hmm. And this time with my kid, um, and then really think about what you know. What do I want my average Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to look like? You know, do I want to be done working when at three thirty when I pick him up? Probably. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. Do you so, want to go then, to pottery every Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go to a yoga class while he's at school. Uh, And stuff like that, and then and then really thinking about. And I figured out for us, for our family, when I can make about a thousand dollars a week. You know, my husband also works; he has a successful business. That is what kind of tips us into like. I feel like we just can do anything we want. Interesting. That's my number. Yeah. (laughs) And then I have kind of my low number is well. That being said, I. Don't really want to go under five hundred a week paying myself less than that because five hundred keeps us really comfortable if I know that I have that coming in
2: mm-hmm.
1: what my husband makes we're super comfortable and that extra five hundred a week like you can do it that's a lot of vacations yeah that's a you know a, a lot of extras <laughs> yeah so, so I kind of because I you know I really bought into all of that. Like, millions and seven figure business and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. when I really think about it, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, yeah, it'd be fun to have a beach house, but if I'm a thousand dollars a week, I can rent a house at the beach anytime I want.
0: True. Yeah. It's a lot better to maintain. <laughs> <But it's my laughs> own. You know, they get like <laughs> giant cockroaches and all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I I just I really appreciate your transparency because a lot of people I feel like if we're not talking about 10k months and six figure mm-hmm. businesses we don't really hear the in-betweens. Yeah. And you're not the first person I was talking I'm going to leave them anonymous because I'm volunteering General information, but I was talking to someone earlier this week and they had a similar sentiment. They in their business, it was if I can make two thousand dollars a month, that's yeah. all I need. Yeah, and and it's just I feel like this is another expectations versus reality kind of a conversation. Like, yeah, if you need more, you need more, and there's you know, there's a whole other conversation to be had of figuring mm-hmm. out what you need to survive and then what you need to thrive, which is kind of how I break down my own personal financial goals, but the same would be said for me. If I, if I made probably three to 4,000 a month, like that's all I really need to do in my business Mm -hmm. above that, it's, it's icing on the cake. Is that the right expression? But we don't really hear about people saying like, this is what I need. And this is what my goal is. If it's not a 10 K month. Yeah.
1: And then I just look at, you know, I do have overheads, Mm Mm-hmm monthly expenses. And I pay, I'd say around 200 a week for virtual assistance. Mm -hmm. So I look at all that and I'm like, okay, 6,000 a month, six to 8,000 a month is perfect. Really? Yeah.
0: (laughs) For my goals right now, they may change later. Right. And that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, I do, I, I feel like we got a really a great peek behind the scenes of your brain and how you approach your business and your goals and your time. And I really, really appreciate the candor because I know conversations like this helped me so much at the beginning of my business. So, um, before we even dive into the last question, I just wanted to say thank you for being so open with all of us.
1: Well, thank you. It's fun. I think it's really fun to kind of like, there's so much good and awesomeness about, you know, doing your own thing and working on online, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's a job. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It still is a job. Um, okay. Are you ready for my favorite question? Yes. Okay. It is. What bothers you? What would you like to see change in the business space and the world at large, if you want to go that deep, uh, but, but what do we need to change for the better? You know, I just, I think just
1: false claims. And I think yeah. that's a lot of what your show is about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I find I, I was saying just the other day to somebody like, I think I could sell a lot more stuff if I just lied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go My sales page and you're going to, get a reality check, but I also feel like it will attract the right people. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and it's just never ending. I am still on social media, even though I'm doing less on there. And when I scroll through, through Facebook, I even take screenshots of it. Sometimes I do these little rants, (laughs) ranty posts, but you know, just, I have a $27 product and I made a million dollars last
0: year. No, you didn't. (laughs) Somebody had to say it. You sold
1: a million dollars worth of it, but you did not make a million dollars with that $27 product. Now, you may have built an email list. You may have sold a million dollars worth of it, but you probably spent $800,000 on ads and $100,000 on an ad agency. And you might be able to leverage those email addresses into a million dollars next year, but I highly doubt it.
0: (laughs) Show me the numbers. Oh my gosh! It is. It's and, then,
1: and the same day I saw another one that said they made some crazy hundred thousand dollars off one webinar. I'm like, no, you didn't. Expectations versus reality. You may have had hundred thousand dollars of sales off that webinar, but I ran Facebook ads for many, many, many years, and I know what it takes to fill up a webinar
2: mm-hmm.
1: with a thousand people on your webinar, and that is probably close to
0: a $100,000 right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I, think, <laughs> I think in part where I see this, because uh, here I go mentioning TikTok again, but my listeners know I'm a huge fan of TikTok, and one of the prevalent ideas, and it's not new to TikTok, but... I feel like it is so ingrained there that it's become like a monster of its own as having a hook on your video. And of course Mm -hmm. we have hooks on Instagram posts and things like that, but, um, people will go, will say things in a way that's like partially true just because it catches your attention. Yeah. And there's somebody that I follow who says, uh, some, I, I make X humongous sum off of Pinterest. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, the way it reads is like, you know, Pinterest has a creator program and all that stuff, like directly from Pinterest. And then when she gets enough people saying, tell us how, tell us how, then she does another explainer video where Pinterest is feeding to her website and it's on services. Right. And so it's, it's not technically wrong if you want to yeah. capture where those leads came from. It's not yeah. wrong, but it's, is it entirely true? Right. And is she
1: boosting her Pinterest? Who knows? Content. You know, that's what on my list is to try Pinterest ads for my eBooks, you know, to build my list and everything. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but I kind of, I'm always like, yeah, but, but yeah, there's a story like you're, there's a story there. Yeah.
0: So I actually had another guest on this show. Um, her name was Yuval or her name still is Yuval. (laughs) (laughs) But she's an ethical copywriter. And we talked a lot about this idea of the intention behind your words and how to speak in a way that aligns with your values as a business. And if you guys haven't listened to that episode, I would highly recommend going back because this all kind of plays into it, right? If you, if you want to speak the truth, then you have to be super intentional, (laughs) intentional, (laughs) <laughs> About the words that you're using, whether it's written copy or TikTok videos or emails yeah. or anything along those lines.
1: Yeah. And I think and I think it's you know, I mean I say on my website, like, yes, I've I've run six figure businesses. But I make sure, you know, to say, like, I don't take home six figures. Right. I don't. My business makes six figures. That's a totally different number. Right. <laughs> So, Absolutely. Yeah, oh, but but you know it's like, but what do I get to do? Like, I don't set an alarm clock. Me so either. I at Five a.m. Not me. I don't set an alarm clock. <laughs> nope. I you know I do my own schedule. If I have a day where I want to go do something, I block out the whole day and off I go.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and I just think those things are worth so much more. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think we leave it at that because if I dive into it, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to ruin the sentiment. So uh, (laughs) while we have you, do you want to uh, let everyone know where they can find you online? If you have any tools or resources that you want to tell us about, you can go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah. So my website is Elevate with Gail and Gail is G-A-E-L. And then if you just go to my homepage, you'll see my current free gift right now. I have an ebook on decluttering your schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm working on a new, a new free gift more on the online business side of things. So hopefully that will be up there soon, but my current free stuff will be on my homepage because that's where that's the easiest thing to do when you're doing a lot of podcast interviews. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And, you know, check out my blog and say hi in the comments and
0: yeah. Awesome. Connect. Perfect. Okay. And I'll make sure all of that, of course, is linked in the show notes. And Gail, thank you again for sharing your time, sharing your thought process and being so open with us throughout this entire episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. It was very fun. I really don't think I've ever had a guest look at me and say, I only need to make this much money and announce the amount. And I respect Gail so much because those are hard conversations to have. It's it's tough to just put it all out there in a way that is so candid and so open and in a lot of ways against the grain of what we hear in this space. So I am really curious because I know we did it again where we covered so many topics in one show. Which is why I love this show. But uh, I'm really curious to hear from you all. What was your favorite part? Just as a quick reminder, we talked about the experience you actually have as an entrepreneur versus the one that you're sold. We also talked about the importance of the foundations in your business and really got into business failures too, which. I think was my favorite part of the conversation so again message me let me know what you thought of today's episode and i will see you next week all right thank you so much for listening to this episode as always if you resonated with this conversation if you would like to pass it along to a friend i would be endlessly grateful and if you want to subscribe or leave a review as well That would make my day. It would make my week, if we're being honest. Until next week, this was Probably Bothered.